We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Jacob Albrocht. Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 12.40 KFH. Welcome in, everybody, a Monday edition of Sports Daily. We are happy to be with you to start another week here. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster with you for the next couple of hours. Jad Chambers producing along the way, taking your calls, 869-1240. You can find us on social media. Tommy and I pretty easy to track down that way. Uh, glad to be here this morning. Tommy, another weekend in the books. How is yours? Uh, you know, it wasn't great. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I got food poisoning, so that was fun. Uh, yeah, both my wife and I, so we were down for the count basically the entire weekend. Uh, word of advice, when your wife is pregnant and she says she wants Red Lobster, maybe, just maybe, you might want to go a different direction. You're not going to retell my dad dad diarrhea joke, are you? This isn't so no, set up. No, I'm not. No, no, no. This is a legit, like, I was down for the count basically all weekend which the only good thing was that we had other plans this weekend that i didn't necessarily really want to go and do so i just had the opportunity to lay on the couch and watch basketball all weekend so i guess in that world it was okay yeah. but the circumstances around it were not were not great it's not worth it food poisoning is brutal i hate it, it. was bad yeah it was uh bad. well that's no bueno sorry about that feeling uh, better today yeah. though so that's good. good good we're on the mend um, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get you through it here, uh, and try not to have any takes that make you queasy. Ooh. Um, it was a good, it was a good college basketball weekend. We go three for three with our teams here getting wins. Um, lots of good things happening for all three of them. We'll get into that throughout the show. What else is on tap today? Uh, a lot going on in the realignment world over the weekend. It's a continued evolution and stories sort of coming and going as we try to make our way to a finish line eventually. And I do think that there is a finish line, and I think that we're, relatively speaking, getting somewhat close to it. So uh, some more rumors out there, Pac-12, Big Ten maybe getting active again, and how does it all pertain to the Big 12, the AAC? We'll go back through that. The Chicago Bears, as we near draft day in Kansas City, draft weekend now, 
we have some news on the Chicago Bears and that top overall pick, I think, that's pretty interesting. So we'll get into all of this throughout the show today. Uh, but we start with college hoops, as we do this time of year on a Monday and spend a lot of time with this time of year uh, throughout the show. And let's start with the Shockers, because they played Sunday, uh, fresh on our brains. We were really you know, optimistic about the way this team was playing um, even in the Memphis loss because they had won a couple. The SMU game wasn't pretty, but they figured out a way to get it done. The Temple game was really impressive. The Memphis game was impressive in a loss. And then and then I thought yesterday was another nice performance. And I tweeted when the Shockers went up big that they were just smoking Tulane at that point. You hope that we obviously don't have history repeat itself. Well, they withstood a couple of you know, big-time runs from a team that can really score. And they were able to maintain that and do enough to get the win despite two big runs, one in each half by Tulane. Uh, Jerome Pierre in a homecoming game was brilliant, 28 points. Uh, He was feeling it, 5 of 12 from 3. And, you know, normally if you just look at a box score, you're like, what in the world is he doing taking 12 threes? But if you watched that game, it made sense because of the way he was shooting the ball. It was one of those kinds of games for him uh, with a lot of, you know, fans in the stands. You had a triple-double from Craig Porter. James Rojas was really, really effective again. Got to the line 12 times. And in a game, Tommy, where it was a shootout type of game, they really didn't get anything from their number one scorer in Jaquan Walton. He only took four shots. But he's been the team's leading scorer, and in a shootout type of game, he wasn't a major factor offensively. That's a good sign for this team because other guys were feeling it. And just you know, the level of offense right now between what we saw at the beginning of the year, is it's just night and day, and this team is so much more fun to watch now than it was at the beginning of the year. Well, on top of that, too, I'm not sure that you can watch uh, any of that game yesterday and not say that Wichita State has improved from earlier this season to now. I mean, it's just it's it's clear as day. Uh, that they are a much improved team, especially offensively. Now, maybe I think that there's an argument to be made that they're not as good of a defensive team as they were at the beginning of the season. But regardless, the overall body of work and the output from start to finish is just better. It's it's more entertaining to watch, sure. It's more fun to watch, sure. Uh, but the fact that they're able to to score points at the clip that they are, uh, and when you were able to see, you know, Jaron Pierre go out and, and put up 28 in front of the home crowd, uh, his friends and family there. Um, he he took the game over, and that's what we've been waiting for for quite a while. And we've seen it at times where, you know, typically it's been Craig Porter or Jaquan Walton, but we've been waiting for other players to be able to take games over. And Jaron Pierre did that yesterday. Uh, I don't know what it is about the Shocker team playing on the road. I don't know if it's, you know, they can play a little bit more free and, and easy, uh, on the road, maybe the ex- the expectations aren't quite as high for them on the road as they are at home inside Coke Arena and the, the storied uh, years of dominance in that building. I don't know really what it is, but they play significantly better on the road, and that was an impressive win for them. I, I tweeted it yesterday at the end of the game where if they can continue what they do on the road, if they can go and knock off Houston this week in Houston, uh, I mean, come on, like all bets are off at that point. Uh, and, you know, I think that you at first glance, you would look at it and look at it and say, well, you know, the Cougars are clearly by far the best team in the conference and Wichita State probably doesn't stand much of a chance. Well, I don't know. The fact that Wichita State is playing so well on the road, anything can happen. Yeah, sure. I, I think the reason that becomes a lot harder is because they gave Houston such a run at home. So now you've got to 
Now you've got to try to do that twice. That Houston's good enough to where that seems unlikely. Um, it, 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 you know, that that's the part that makes that hard to me. And I don't know, like, I'm not going to sit here and say, and I don't think you were saying this either, but just so people are clear, we're not, I don't think you're saying like Isaac Brown's future rides on this Houston game. No, 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 no. Yeah. That's not going to be the case either direction, by the way. But don't um, you think the outlook of the overall future of the program is a little bit different with sure a win is. at Houston on Thursday? Sure it is. Um, and, and just if they continue to play well, can finish the season, um, be at 500 at least here, uh, going into the conference tournament and, you know, make a run and maybe reach the semifinals and see what happens, who knows, then yeah, it's going to have a totally different feel. The question always in this has become, and we spent most of the show Friday talking about it, it's, you know, what opinions have already set in and are they changeable for people, right? Like, you know, th- there is no question this team is improved and playing better and, we are seeing that the players that were brought in here are absolutely good enough to be successful players at this level. Is that enough for fans that have already made up their decision that they want change? I don't know the answer to that. I think that winning cures all, but I think you're always good. And, and it was this way, a comparison, I think, is Bruce Weber, right? Like, there was a there was a section of the K-State fan base that was never going to be happy with Bruce Weber, even when the team was in the Elite Eight. And that was just the way it was going to be. I don't know if the same thing would happen here. I have no idea. And I think it's hard to predict that stuff until you get to the time where you've got to make the decision. And ultimately, it doesn't really matter because, you know, Kevin Saul will evaluate this and and see what people think. But I I just, I am so happy. Just, you know, no no other storylines necessary that I'm excited to watch Shocker games. And I am, man. I was really looking forward to that game yesterday. Wichita State, a chance to go on the road, get some revenge against Tulane, who has just a handful of unbelievably talented offensive players. And they went and went, you know, blow for blow, got up big, took took the, you know, the best Tulane had, which was getting on these insane three-point shot runs. And and they withstood it, and they, they maintained it, got the win. I don't know why they play better on the road than at home. I honestly think it's a coincidence because it doesn't make a lot of sense. I, I do. I just I think it's a coincidence. I don't know. And it's hard to know, too, especially in college basketball when you're dealing with young people. Like, are there distractions at home uh, that don't exist on the road, which is absolutely a possibility, right? Like, I, I, I don't know that stuff. But... I think it's expectations. I think it's living up to expectations. That's really difficult to do inside that building. I mean, you've been there. I've been there. Uh, That building for the last, God, 15 plus years uh, was one of the most dominant places in college basketball. You know, the Wichita State was nearly guaranteed a victory every time they took the court when they played in the roundhouse. And that's got to be pretty tough. And I'm talking about 18 to 22 year olds or 23 year olds in the case of Craig Porter Jr. to go into a building where you know that it's not as dominant as it used to be where you know that the fans are not showing up in droves like they used to, that's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure to try to get that back. It's a lot of pressure to try to capture that lightning in a bottle again. I think that there's something to be said for them going out on the road and being able to play a little bit more free, a little bit more free and clear. Maybe so. You know? 
it, it's uh, yeah I, I don't know how much this team listens to the chatter and knows the history and all that stuff because they're we don't have to listen to the chatter to look up and see that there's n- right. not as many people in the stands well, as there used to be listen there ain't anybody on the road either there aren't like I, I, I don't like that and it's it's a tip of the cap to the history of this program but let's not pretend that every arena in the country is full all the time look outside the big 12 right the big 12 does a great job except Oklahoma Look everywhere else outside of the Blue Blood programs. Like, attendance is not high anywhere. Look at the road games the Shockers play. Yeah, they fill it up at Houston and Memphis. They're not, they're not showing up in droves for these games. So well, there stop were only acting 2, like that. people that's... at the game yesterday against Tulane. I mean, of course, that gym Now, that's is not a big arena, kind of small, so I don't know. But, right. Yeah, that's, that's a tiny little gym there. But, like, can we stop with the— it's Isaac's, Isaac Brown's fault that people aren't coming to the games. People aren't going to the games in large part really anywhere. The Big 12, and I doubt I can find it now, the Big 12 put out a graphic uh, over the weekend that talked about attendance and how high it is in the, in, the, you know, in the Big 12 conference versus everybody else. Yeah, here it is. They've got it pinned. So highest capacity, and, and you know, take all these with a grain of salt because, you know, whatever. We all know that full isn't always sometimes full. But the Big 12 boasts 75% capacity, highest in the country. This, again, according to the Big 12. The Big 10 is at 66%. The Big East, 65 ACC, 63 SEC, they're filling up arenas basically to half. And the Pac-12 to a third, 56 and 33%. So let's stop with the, it's Isaac Brown's fault that people aren't coming to the games. That's garbage. Like, Yes, there is apathy setting in. Of course there is. And that's what we all fear. But it's not like what's happening in Wichita isn't is unique to what's happening around the country. In large part, in most places, people show up if the team's winning. Now for a long time Wichita State showed up regardless, right? You can get back to that. That's not all on what's happening right now this year with this program. It's just not. Because the reality is, when Houston's come in and when Memphis has come in, people have been excited about that. It's hard to get people to show up to a weeknight game at 6 o'clock. Like, that's not easy to do. So, let's chill with that narrative. It's a part of it, but it's not everything. Watch the games on television. Tell me how full any of these arenas are that we see Wichita State play in. It's not a Wichita State thing. It's a whole country thing. We got an email uh, from Deshaun, and and we're starting to hear some of this, Tommy, and just like you and I, and and there's no like scientific poll to this other than people are reaching out to us now more aggressively in support of Isaac Brown in this program. Uh, Deshaun's points are, you know, give give another coach who would have done a better job following the most legendary coach in the program's history right after the or right as the pandemic hit. Um, overcoming the you know administration not being prepared for NIL which is what we've heard a lot of leading to a mass exodus in the transfer portal bringing in 11 new players exceeding expectations this year a third straight winning season which i point out to people all the time go back and look at the first years of any shocker coach when they first come in and stack them up side by side and see what you think like so I, I do think it's important that there are voices coming out in support of Isaac Brown because the dissenters have had such loud voices for a while now 
it, it is it, – this is – and again, we spent the entire show Friday discussing this. It is complicated for a thousand different reasons. But don't be a Shocker fan that is refuses to acknowledge that this team's playing well and is much better than it was at the beginning of the year and is better than you probably thought it would be at the beginning of the year. Now, does that mean it's good enough? Absolutely not. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. But at least – be a fan. Don't just be a hater. Like, be excited that the team is fun to watch and playing well. Otherwise, like, what are you looking for? You looking to strike out with a couple more big, high-dollar coaches that you got to pay when they're fired? Because it can be worse. Can we talk about also how easy it would have been for Wichita State, I don't know, a month ago or two weeks ago to just pack it in and, you know, say, Absolutely. look, like it, it's— it's not going to happen for us this year. Um, I, I, I look back at when they laid that egg against UCF, when they had all that momentum, lost that game, and all the momentum was just gone. It would have been really easy for the players in that locker room to just say, you know what, it ain't going to work for us this year. This is not happening. Um, and, and here we are. We're talking about them going on the road at Memphis on Thursday. And you know what? Mathematically, they can still get a first-round bye in the American tournament. It's, it's going to be difficult for them to do so, but mathematically, they can still do it, and it starts with the win against Houston on the road. That's going to be awfully, awfully hard to do, but what I'm saying is that we're interested in that now. Like At least I am, and I, I would imagine that a majority of Shocker fans should be excited about that, should be excited about the opportunity to go on the road and play Houston. It could have been I'm excited much, to see him much, in the conference tournament, don't you think? It could have like been it's... much – oh, yeah. It could have been much, much, much different where you look at uh, this game coming up on Thursday on the road and we could have been having a completely different conversation about, oh, man, this is going to be a bloodbath on the road at Houston. And you know what? Who knows what will happen? But it, I would say I'm at least anticipating an exciting game, a new style, a fun style of offensive basketball from the Shockers – it could have been a much different story had they just packed it in. Tommy, since the three-game conference losing streak, which was, I, I think, the lowest point, right? When East Carolina beat them and then Cincinnati kind of came into Wichita and got them, they've been 8-5 and five since January 8th. Of those losses, you had the, the two-lane loss, which was you know frustrating, but certainly a game they didn't play poorly in. You had the Houston loss, a game they led against the number one team in the country for a while. You had, to me, the worst loss of the year, UCF at home. And then you had Memphis, who, you know, Memphis is just better than Wichita State. But they're 8-5 and five in those games and should be, and this is not, I'm not saying this isn't a problem that they didn't win those games, but they should have been more like 10-3, and 11-2 of those games based on the way that they're playing. You just can't, like, if you're going to make a true and honest evaluation of things, you cannot ignore that the team is playing really well right now compared to where it was, especially at the beginning of the year. And if you're not willing to acknowledge that, you're not going to make a, a fair decision when this season ends on what the best thing for this program is, when you factor everything into it. It's just... Do you remember when Thad Mata was a name rumored for the Wichita State job when Greg Marshall was fired? I do. Go look at what Thad Mata's done 
since that point at his hometown and the, the reun the homecoming to Butler. Go look at how well he's done. Like it is not a slam dunk that you go get some big name. It's just not. I really want to see how Wichita State does with NIL, we assume, in a better position this offseason. And I think once we see that, that's where I'm going to say, okay, I think I have an opinion on what the program should do moving forward. Because if they're able to retain these players that are clearly going to be high-level players in this conference, if they're able to do that with Pierre and Walton and Poto, and then they're able to add Rodgers and go get some guys because they're in a better NIL position, then then that makes it very different than if all the players leave again, right? And they're starting over next year because you can't really have that. So it's it, let's just get there. And, and while we're getting there, let's at least enjoy the fact that this team's playing really well and fun to watch. Like, if you're not excited to watch Shocker basketball right now, I don't know what to tell you. Because watch it. It's fun. The team's better. And if if you're just, like, so hell-bent on mailing it in, then I, you're always going to be dissatisfied, right? Like, it's not going to ever be good enough because there's this vision of what what's reality, and it, and I don't think that that's the case. Well, we can wax nostalgic all day long. Uh, and, and that's fun to do, and you can look back at different things like the Final Four run and the undefeated season and the NBA-caliber players that Greg Marshall brought in you know, for a number of years. And you can wax nostalgic about all of that, and it's great. But then there's also what's happening in the present and what's happening in the future. And I, I think that it's pragmatic, and I think Kevin Saul is a pragmatic enough guy. My opinion only, I don't have any proof behind this, but I think it's pragmatic to say that with an enhanced NIL collective during this offseason, with players that you would think uh, will more than likely stick around, I would think Walton and Pierre uh, bringing in Colby Rogers, bringing in Makai Miles, some of these other players that can be contributors next season, and then knowing that after May 1st of next year, there's no buyout that's owed Isaac Brown, wouldn't you think it's pragmatic to have next year be the deciding year, the deciding factor in what ends up happening with Isaac Brown long-term? Not right now. I think it's got to be next year. And I, again, like I, I said it on Friday, I, was re I really didn't know. Uh, I really didn't have a, a strong feel or a strong lean one way or another until Friday. I, I, and I'm doubling down on it now. I think Isaac Brown gets another year. Well, I again, I don't. I, I think I think there's still time to make that call, and and I guess I would lean that direction, but I'm not sure. But again, I want I want to just like I like to take a visit back to history for the this is never going to work crowd. I think a lot. Of, I think most people would say that Mark Turgeon and Greg Marshall, like that stretch, has been the greatest stretch for the program, right? Well, I, I always want to point out that. Mark Turgeon did not reach the NCAA tournament with Wichita State playing in the Missouri Valley Conference until his sixth season with Wichita State. It took him six years to reach the NCAA tournament. His first three years, which is where we are with Isaac Brown right now, he was 9-19, and 15-15, and 18-12. And and Finished ninth, fifth, and third 
in the Valley. Greg Marshall got there quicker, right? His success level skyrocketed in year three. And then even though he didn't get to the NCAA tournament until year five, they won the NIT uh, the year before that, and they were winning 25-plus games. But his first two years, 11-20 and 20 and 17-17, and 17, right? And that was directly after Mark Turgeon. So, it, you know, there it took time there too. And I always bring that up to point out the fact that it took those guys a few years too. So if those two guys are the great coaches of the modern era, especially Greg Marshall, it took them a few years to get there. Acknowledge the fact that this team is playing better now. Enjoy it while it's here. And let's just see, let's get an indication of what the offseason might look like. And then let's make a call. But please, in the meantime, stop drinking the haterade and just enjoy the enjoy the games. Enjoy the team that's playing right now because they're really good. They're good American Athletic Conference team. They might be the third best team in this league at a ceiling. So enjoy that. Let's see what happens the rest of the way. 869-1240 is the number. Uh, we've got it all set up for you there. Let's talk about Big 12 basketball. A couple big wins as well for KU and K-State as we make our way through hour number one here on Sports Daily. everybody sports daily on kfh uh something that we'll look into as we make our way through uh this preseason really interesting tommy game times in major league baseball spring training are way down um, with the rule changes in baseball when when we have we'll do that this week we'll talk about these rules because we haven't really dug into that but it's clearly having an impact on these games out in spring training with the shift bands and the pitch clocks and the hitter clocks and all these things they're seeing stolen bases uh, way up so far uh, all things that I would contend are wonderful for the game of baseball uh, but we'll get into that later in the week um, hold me to that uh, Tommy as as I think it's pretty interesting there as we make our way to it and, and could impact the way teams play and how good they are. Um, it was Big 12 weekend. We got a Wichita State win. We got two wins for the Big 12 Kansas schools as well. KU uh, sweats one out a little bit, right? A little, little sweaty there against West Virginia. Um, and just the most brutal non-over ever, as the over was set at like 150 and a half that I was on, and like the final possession that was worthless, whatever, uh, we digress here. Um, but they get the win, 76-74 over West Virginia. And then Kansas State goes on the road, and how good was that to see, right? They go on the road and get the win in a tough place to win against a team that was absolutely uh, bringing it. And they get the win against Oklahoma State in a kind of an ugly game, but a game that they had to have and got it done. They jump over Baylor. Uh, Baylor does KU a favor and beats Texas. I say they jump over Baylor. They remain in front of Baylor because of the tiebreaker. So now K-State sits there one game back of Texas, two games back of Kansas. Kansas is going to win this thing. Um, whether they share it with Texas, I think, will be the interesting thing. And Kansas has an interesting 
uh, finale. I don't think they're going to lose both of these games, which is what it would take. But they host Texas Tech uh, in the second leg of a big Tuesday uh, tomorrow night, and then they get a road trip to Texas on Saturday. So it looks like Kansas is going to at least share it. Uh, They could absolutely lose the last two. And even if they did lose the last two, I still think they'd probably share it. Um, Who does Texas have as we say that? Texas plays at TCU, so they've got everybody's got a tough road. But I, I what if we're not? I don't run some analytics company, but the uh, Jacob Albrock percentage of KU at least sharing the Big Twelve title right now is at about eighty five percent. Eighty five percent is where I'll put it. Now, if they can lose, you know, if they lose, that's what it's going to take is two losses for K State to be able to share it. So I the Jacob Albrock power index uh, percentages of K State at least sharing a Big Twelve title are at about, I don't know, 15% then at that point. And Texas is somewhere in the middle of that. But looks like Kansas, who handled its business, and, you know, look, they're on the win streak, and you can say whatever you want about it being against West Virginia, but they're on a win streak, and nobody gets on win streaks hardly at all in the Big 12, and they're hot, and they found a way to get it done. And let's start with Kansas because that was, you know— you're not going to win six games in a row in the Big 12 by beating everybody badly. Sometimes you got to get through a game like that, and they did it. I didn't understand the the line at all on this game. Uh, they had Kansas as like a nine and a half or ten point favorite, and it seemed like as as the game was getting closer to tip off, that spread was getting bigger and bigger towards Kansas. And I'm like, man, you know, West Virginia. Yeah. They Same. come into Allen Fieldhouse all the time, and they play really, really tough. They don't ever win. They've never won at Allen Fieldhouse, but you know they've gotten out to big, big leads before, and uh, it's been one possession games down the stretch and things like that. Of course, that happened again, uh, but I didn't understand the the line whatsoever in this game. That being said, I think it's incredibly important to point out as we're talking about the final two games in the regular season for Kansas. Is Dewan Harris going to be a hundred percent? Uh, He injured his foot late in the game, didn't return, and the Jayhawks struggled. You could tell that Dewan Harris was was not on the court. He was incredible in the game. I mean, he he was was outstanding. He was wonderful, a lot more assertive. When he can be super assertive and aggressive offensively and facilitate, uh, he's the most important player on the floor, in my opinion. Uh, But when he left that game, that was really when West Virginia was able to make things interesting down the stretch. Uh, Kansas, I think, had a five-point lead with like a minute to go or a little bit more than a minute to go, and Dewan Harris was out, and Kansas couldn't get the ball past half court. That was when the Bob Huggins full-court special uh, you know, came to play, that, that press that he implements. Uh, and West Virginia very nearly uh, tied the game or, or took the lead in the game. Uh, they couldn't get a shot off in the final possession, which was big, uh, but I think that it was very clear and very obvious that Kansas missed Dewan Harris in the final minute of that game. And so it didn't seem to me that Bill Self was overly concerned about Dewan Harris and his availability uh, for the game tomorrow night, senior night, and then, of course, the game on uh, on Saturday against Texas. But that is something that bears watching. If he can't go and knowing how tight the bench minutes are for Kansas, that could be something to keep an eye on. You know, it, it's really interesting because we've made the case, or at least I have, that he's the most important player on this team, one of the most important players in, in college basketball because they're now 21-0 and when he scores double digits, and they really struggle in games when he's not effective or non-existent offensively. 
I mean, he almost had a triple-double. I say almost, but he was approaching one based on steals. He was that good defensively in that game, right? 17.6 assists uh, assist and six steals, and, and he did it. And he still got 36 minutes into the game, so we'll see. Uh, I will say this, though, and and I could be crazy for saying it because it, it's counterintuitive to what I was just talking about, that he's the most important player perhaps in college basketball. And I say that a little tongue-in-cheek, but kind of not. It kind of is. I do think on a team that there's not a ton of like big-time depth, that position is a place where they have some, right? Joe Yesfu and Bobby Pettiford, I think, are both good players. Uh, are they replacement-level players? Absolutely not. Are they qualified and capable of being good players if KU's got to lean on them? I think that they are. I, I would I, I think that I think that Dewan Harris is going to be okay. Um, I think Bill Self's relative, you know, he's he's pretty honest in those situations on how guys are feeling. So if he says he thinks he's going to be okay, I pro- I, I probably believe that. Um, and and we'll just have to kind of wait and see on that, obviously. And they don't have a ton of time to rest. And they play Tech, and Tech lost a flipping heartbreaker over the weekend to TCU. Um, so they're. You know, Tech's backs against the wall. They, they, I would imagine they have to have at least this one uh, to have any shot at the tournament. So they're going to be. Oh, they're incredibly desperate. They've got to be incredibly right. desperate right now, right? They, they, yeah, they have to be. So we'll see on that. But yeah, like Dewan Harris is great. And and the other interesting thing that's happened with KU is Jalen Wilson. You know, and on this six-game win streak, Tommy, here's his point totals: two, eighteen, fourteen, twenty-one, seven, and eleven. This is very different for him, right, who is a Naismith candidate based on his scoring volume. Well, he's taken a step back, and it's not a bad thing. It's because everyone else is playing much better. But 2, 18, 14, 21, 7, and 11. During the six-game win streak, those are his point totals. Uh, I mean, that's significant because it makes me wonder, like, can this team play at the level overall that they're playing and him? Because Bill Self said they want to get J. Will going. Can both of those things happen simultaneously? And and if it's possible, and I'm not convinced that it is, is that raise the ceiling of this team? I mean, it would have to, but you know, I think those things sort of run hand in hand. If they can get more out of Jalen Wilson back to what they were doing and play at this level the rest of the way, I mean, come on now. Isn't there kind of a, a weird middle ground that we're we're trying to get to right now with this Kansas team where you don't want Jalen Wilson to do too much and have nobody else do anything, but you also need to have him produce at a little bit of a higher level. Uh, and so you're, you're kind of bridging that gap a little bit, you know, going back and forth on that. I thought Bill Self had an interesting point post-game where he said that, that Jay Will uh, is right now playing more off of himself than playing off the rest of the team. And I, don't, I didn't take that to mean that he's being selfish by any means. I just think that he's trying to create a little bit where rather than letting what's happening in the game around him come to him, I think he's trying to make it happen himself. And there were a couple of different times that that I noticed that where whatever play was being called didn't really happen and, and Wilson wanted to attack. And that's fine. He's a good enough player that, you know, a lot of times that works. And But I, I, I worry that when that happens too much, even if he is scoring, then that's going to take everybody out of their aggressiveness you're probably not going to see Dewan Harris be as assertive offensively. You're probably not going to see Kevin McCuller be as assertive offensively. Grady Dick may not take as many three-point shots if Jalen Wilson is going to 
try to create himself all the time. And so, again, I think that that's a really interesting dynamic that you've got to kind of figure out, right? Like, how much is too much for Jalen Wilson where it starts to negatively impact the rest of the team as far as their production versus getting the most out of him because he is the the most talented player on the court? Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I'm not convinced that both of those things can exist together. I, I don't know. But I, I would love to see it. And there's not much time to work through that. Although if Dewan Harris is, you know, not 100%, I think it'll happen. We'll get to K-State. K-State got another big win. A big win against Oklahoma State. I don't think they're going to win the Big 12, but I don't think it really matters. Uh, because I think they're showing us that they plan on on some you know big things in the month of March. We'll talk about the cats when we return on Sports Daily. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily on KFH. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Kasser with you till 11 o'clock. Uh, fun weekend of college hoops. We've gone through Wichita State. We've gone through Kansas. Now let's talk about K-State a little bit. Uh, get their win over Oklahoma State. Uh, they get enough in the second half to to you know, outscore the Cowboys by seven in that second half. They go to a tough place to win games. They get the win. Uh, Noel and Johnson were both really good. They always have to be. It was Desi Sills this time who sort of picked up the slack a little bit. But, you know, it was sort of balanced with the remainder of the roster, Tommy. You know, when you've got Noel and Johnson score 49 to 73 points, that feels healthy to me. That feels about right. Um, A little more than half the points are probably coming from those two guys when this team's playing at its best. You need those two guys playing at their best for this team to be at its best. And, And I thought that was fine against a team that, you know, typically prides itself on some defense. They went to a tough place. They got the win. They they sort of, you know, got through the recent road, you know, issues that ailed them a little bit, and they look good as we make our way down the home stretch here. That's a hard-fought game on the road late in the Big 12 season in Stillwater. Difficult place to play at Oklahoma State with a team that, uh, again, is, is fighting for an NCAA tournament spot. I, I saw a couple different uh, mock brackets that had them somewhere around the next four out uh, or the first four out, somewhere around there. And so they're, they're fighting for an NCAA tournament berth uh, right now also. And, and they had four of their starters scoring double figures against the Wildcats. So that was not an easy game whatsoever for the Wildcats. And I think that it's one of those games that you look back on when you get into March and you go on the road. It's been a, a tough stretch for the Wildcats, no doubt about it. 
and you're able to get a, a five-point victory in Stillwater against a, a, a tough team in Oklahoma State, you look back on that in March as a really quality win. Uh, yeah, and, and here's the other thing about it, Tommy. It came on the road. They had lost. I don't know if people were. They'd lost five in a row on the road. Yeah. Five in a row. Like that was, you know, that's not a, that's not an aberration. That's a trend, even in the tough big 12. And, you know, it, it was good coming directly out of that to see them get a couple at home, right? And see that, okay, it was more about playing on the road than it was some overall, like, you know, overarching thing for, for K-State when they had, you know, they won the two at home after that stretch that tough stretch that they went through but now they went on the road and did it and guess what they get one more of those on the road against West Virginia that'll be another great opportunity for them to sort of prove something to themselves because after that you play them all on the road right you every game is away from Bramlage at that point so that was good to see from this team I think that and we talked about this last week and and I just um everybody wants a third option to step up it ain't gonna happen and I, again, I don't think it needs to happen. I don't think they need a, thir- a consistent third scoring option. Would it be nice? Yeah, it'd be fine. But the reality is they have two All-American caliber players. I want those guys taking all the shots. There aren't a lot of teams that have that. They took 25 shots in that game. I, I would think, Tommy, that 25 shots out of those two in every game they play needs to be about the benchmark. Like That kind of needs to be what they're striving for. I don't want to see a lot of games. I mean, unless somebody got wide hop, it's not going to happen. Like, those two guys have got to both be good for this team to reach its full potential. Yeah, but I just think that the difference of having a third consistent scoring option for the Wildcats might end up being the difference between them being a Sweet 16 team and maybe a Final Four team. I mean, I think that that's what, what we're talking about here, right? What difference does it make if it's somebody consistently doing it or just somebody doing it in each game? Well, that's, I mean, that's my point is that I don't think it necessarily has to always be Desi Sills, but it's got to be somebody. It's got to be somebody from game in and game out, right? Uh, getting into double figures, impacting the game in a variety of ways to take the burden a little bit off of Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson. They're great players. They're both all Americans. I'm not taking that away from them whatsoever, but There have been times, and I've watched Marquise Noel do it, where he looks like he's laboring a little bit. He's shooting shots from midcourt sometimes because I'm sure that he thinks there's not really, outside of him and Keontae, another consistent scoring option. And so I think that you get into into the big dance and and you're playing really, really high-caliber teams and back-to-back games, and, you know, it's a grind. We all know that. Uh, and you can get snake bitten pretty quickly. I think you've got to have, again, I'm not suggesting it's just Desi Sills, but I think you've got to have somebody be able to do that consistently. Yeah, I, I, I just, look, they got 10 from Sills, 7 from Carter, 6 from Tomlin, 6 from Gasson, 5 from Masood. That's fine. That's that's totally fine for me, to, for them to go that way. I mean, obviously, they're going to have to score more than 50 points a game uh, between Keontae and Noel, but I, I think that... I think our difference is I, I think that it's more important that those two guys play well in each game that they play than than everybody else, if that makes any sense. And maybe it doesn't. I just I think it's okay that they're that top heavy. Most teams, that's not the case. This team, I think those guys are both such good players 
that I prefer that they're that top heavy. 869-1240, we'll come back. We'll get to some of the other storylines going on in the sports world right now. Uh, Lots of people reporting that the Bears may move that number one pick. Is that the right call? Uh, More conference realignment talk coming in the next hour for you as well. Sports Daily rolling on a Monday, a reaction Monday. We'll be right back. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.